0: Welcome to A Mom is Born, an interview-style podcast dedicated to mothers of multiples. We share the ups and downs of trying to conceive, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum in an honest setting. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to A Mom is Born. Today, I'm excited to share a little bit about Molly's story and her experience having twins, so, with that, Molly, um can you say hello and introduce yourself? Yes, hi. I'm
1: Molly, and I am a mom of two year old twin girls, Kate and Quinn. I live in Milwaukee, but I was born in a small town in Illinois.
0: Very exciting. How did you find out that you were expecting?
1: Um, my husband and I have been trying to have a baby and it was thanksgiving morning and i think it was probably like three days earlier than i was supposed to test according to you know the world but i was like well i'm just gonna try and see what happens and it was positive so it's like 7 a.m on thanksgiving morning and we were hosting both of our parents and i was like we have to tell our parents i want to tell them and brian my husband was just like no like the line was really faint it's still too early let's just wait. And it was so hard for me to not say anything because, you know, it was just our parents. It was a really small gathering, but we ended up telling my parents the next day because they had spent the night, but it was just so exciting to find out. We always called our baby when we thought it was just one, our little turkey. (laughs) Now, once we found out they were twins, they're our little turkeys.
0: That's so perfect. Lots to be thankful for that year. (laughs) Awesome. And how did everything progress from there when you find out that it was twins?
1: So when I found out that we were pregnant, I think I was like five weeks along. So we didn't see a doctor until eight weeks. And so in between that, we had all of the holidays. We had Christmas, you know, we had Thanksgiving, and then we also had a family wedding. And I felt that I was having twins pretty much from the beginning. I just kept saying, I think it's twins. I think it's twins. Maybe I manifested them, who knows, but I was so excited about, like, the aspect of it that my sister even asked me, are you sure you're not going to be disappointed if you go and you find out it's not twins, because I had been talking about it so much, and when we were at my cousin's wedding, one of her aunts, who is a mom of adult twins, was like, are you having twins? I just have a sense that you are, which was really weird because she didn't even know I was pregnant, so that was kind of interesting. And then found out at our first ultrasound that it was twins. I was excited and my husband was absolutely terrified. <laughs> but the first ultrasound also was one of the most stressful parts of our pregnancy. You know, just it was our first appointment with babies. So you have these feelings of excitement and we thought we were eight weeks along. And the doctor said that first of all, there's two babies, but they're only measuring five weeks, which he thought that we were miscarrying, a missed miscarriage is what he called it because I had no other symptoms. So that was extraordinarily hard. It was the hardest thing that I ever went through, but I didn't really go through. So he saw two, the two babies and then there was also like a third flicker. He didn't know what it was. So we had scheduled a C because he thought it was a missed miscarriage and that was for the following Friday. So that was December 31st, so then I think it would have been January 4th, we were scheduled to go in for the DNC, but because he saw that third flicker, like, it wasn't a baby, he's like, maybe it was something developing, he just didn't know, he wanted to do a second ultrasound before we did the miscarriage procedure, we had our ultrasound tech, She's like, so why are you having a DNC today, and I said to her, well, you know, we were here a lot earlier this week, and... The doctor said that they were only five weeks along and we think we're eight. And she was like, okay. And then she just, you know, kept moving the wand on my stomach. And she's like, okay, I need to go talk to a doctor. And, you know, we have no clue what an ultrasound is. Like, you know, what she was seeing. We no clue what's going on. And then she came back in with my OB and she's like, well, I have great news. You are having twins and they're measuring at eight weeks, four days. And that was exactly what they were supposed to be. So somehow in the first ultrasound, something went wrong, and this ultrasound was the day that we found out they were twins, officially pregnant with twins. I'm
0: sure that was a sigh of relief for you.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was, kind of. Also during that ultrasound, then we had all of the doctors in there. What is going on with this mother? Like, just saw them measuring at five weeks, now they're eight weeks, nothing makes sense. There's really no reason why that happened, no one knows, but all the doctors were just like, hmm, this is interesting, let's see, you know, basically started the science experience that my pregnancy was. But then we found out, we found out there were twins, we also found out there were monoamnionic, monochronionic twins, which is a very rare type of identical twin. I didn't know there was different types of identical twins, I just thought it was identical or fraternal until I was pregnant with them, and we learned all about them and how high-risk they are. So... This type of twin is called momo or mono-mono twin for short. Basically, It means that there's one placenta and one sac. So everything that they have is swimming together all in one area. So the risk of them tangling each other's cords is so high that they, if you look on the internet, it says there's a 50% survival rate. So this is all in the same day. I mean, it is the most emotional day ever because you're like, Oh, we have twins. Oh wait, they have a fifty percent chance of surviving. They're so high risk. They're so rare. And the emotions in general, I can't even remember like what they said that day, besides that we had two healthy babies for now.
0: A lot to take in. <laughs> in yeah. From
1: thinking that I was miscarrying to think to knowing that I have twins that are really high risk was just absolutely terrifying. We had ultrasounds at least every other week sometimes more often the second ultrasound I brought all of my questions because I was like oh my gosh this is crazy and the doctor was like well it looks like they're not conjoined like well that's good you know you don't know they didn't know because they can't see that they're so small but it turns out they were not which is great we also had a start in inpatient hospital stay at 24 weeks because they wanted to do NSTs three times a day from 24 weeks because of viability until delivery. So I lived in the hospital from 24 weeks until delivery.
0: What so was that like?
1: I had a really good experience with it. I was dreading it. And I was really scared, of course. I had to quit my job. I, I was a teacher, and then we decided I was going to stay home with the twin. It was April, so I knew I was gonna, hoping to deliver in June. So I left in the middle of the school year. So that alone was a stressor, but... As soon as we got to the hospital, though, it just felt like a huge relief. We've made it this far. You know, all the other stress of the pregnancy and are they going to make it 50% chance, all these questions. As soon as we got there, it was just like, okay, we're here. We are very fortunate to live in Milwaukee because the hospital, there's big hospitals. I mean, I could have been at a few hospitals, but I was at Freighter, which is connected to Children's Wisconsin. So my husband was could stay at home, but still come visit every day, and it wasn't super difficult for us to stay connected. Where some parents, I'm in a Facebook group for mono mono twins, and people are five hours, six hours away from home, leaving their family. It was just the two of us at the time, so I don't want to say it was easy, but it wasn't. I wasn't leaving behind kids, and my husband could come visit all the time. And then my parents were unbelievable. Both of them are retired and they live two and a half hours away. And they would come up every Monday through Thursday and spend the whole day with me in the hospital because they knew how challenging it would be to be in the hospital for that long. So I had company every day of my parents. And then my husband would come at night. He often brought dinner because hospital food for that long could be then my nurses were unbelievable. I'm still in contact with a handful of them. They would sit in my room and just chit chat. And now looking back, I am so grateful I delivered pre-COVID because the nurses I'm talking to now are just saying that they can't sit and visit with the patients because I think it's a little different now. But when COVID first started, they were head to toe in protective gear and they were hot. They couldn't just sit and visit. Whereas when I was in, they were had to monitor me for an hour so instead of sitting out at the desk with the monitor they sat with me because they still had to watch me so they were just so kind and genuinely cared not just for the babies but for my well-being and I'm so grateful for that so although I was in the hospital for 61 days I think it was it it just felt okay because I knew it was what was best for the babies
0: Nurses are rock stars. How did labor and delivery start, or did you go into labor naturally? Do you want to share a little bit about that experience?
1: Sure. So every delivery of mono-mono twins is a C-section because the risk of their cords tangling if you were to deliver vaginally is so great. Because one comes out, if their cords are knotted at all, then you could cut off blood flow to the second one. So we had a scheduled C-section. We were trying to make it till 33 weeks and six days, but we did not. Most mono-mono twins are delivered between 32 and 34 weeks because the bigger they get, the less room there is to move. There's too much risk to deliver past 34 weeks. So we're trying to make it to 33.6, but at 32 weeks, Kate's heart rate during the NSTs wasn't accelerating, which is something they look for. And so I was moved to labor and delivery instead of the antepartum floor so I could have 24 hours monitoring Kate's and Quinn's heart rate. And then they kept saying, oh, one more time of a deceleration of one of our, or no acceleration for this long and we'll deliver. And it really just felt like it was just like one more time over and over and over again. And I was only being monitored for 24 hours continuously. Prior was just one hour at a time. And I was just like, I just want him out. Like, I have to lay here and just worry what's going on. Just please just take him out of me. And there were 32 weeks, which was a really good milestone to meet. And then my doctor came in the next morning after I had just been basically staring at the screen, wondering if they were okay. And he said, okay, do you want to deliver today? I said, yes. I said, okay, I'll see you at one o'clock. I was expecting it. I knew from eight weeks on that I was going to have a C-section, so... It wasn't a surprise.
0: Were you able to prepare for that in any way or what did you mentally do or do, were you just going into it with an open mind? Well, we
1: more not having the chance to feel labor and a chance to try to deliver vaginally, but because I had so much time to mentally prepare, the only thing I could think about was like getting them out safely. It didn't matter, you know, what mm-hmm. which way they come out of me. Looking back now, I'm in was fairly easy I think what hurt the most was getting the epidural which I know most people it's like oh the epidural is relief because they're in labor pain and I was not in labor pain because I wasn't in labor so that was the part that hurt the most for me but it was just mentally I just wanted them to be safe so it's easy to tell yourself that when you've known since the beginning basically They were born literally within the same minute of each other. It was so quick. We tried not to find out the gender. So I was really looking forward to that part of delivery. But there was an accident at, I think it was 30 weeks. There was a resident in my room during one of the NSTs of a regular scheduled one. They couldn't find the heartbeat of one of the babies. And so they brought a resident down to do an ultrasound in, in my room. And she's like, oh, the girls are really showing off today. And we didn't want to know the gender. So that was really sad. And my parents were in the room, which I don't care that my parents knew, but they knew before my husband because he was at home working. So that was a very emotional part. Like that was when like the rage and anger kind of started because it was like, we didn't want to know. So then the moment of them being born had kind of like lost that excitement, especially because we made it so far with so many ultrasounds on the way. I'm sure she
0: felt Um, horrible about that.
1: (laughs) She felt really bad, and I think she got in a little trouble from my doctor because (laughs) apparently to open my chart, there's a screen that says gender surprise at delivery, so he was concerned that she wasn't reading my chart fully since she didn't abide by that. But it was an emergency-ish situation because they could only find one heartbeat, and it, it happened, and... And I got to start shopping, so it was great. <laughs> they were born 32 weeks, and I was really just scared for them. Both of them screamed when they were pulled out. So I didn't know if I was going to get to experience that since they were so young. And just to be able to know that I got to hear that, and I couldn't see anything. So just hearing it made me feel good. that they, I didn't know if they were going to be super healthy, but it's just the first moment of relief. They were out, and they could make noise. did did not get to hold them right away. We had a NICU team for each baby in the room, and they went right to the NICU team, but my husband got to be really close to them. They were okay, so they got to wheel them past me on the way to the NICU and kind of stop so I could look in the window of their incubators. I don't know how long it was after, but I did get to hold them that day. So as soon as I went to the NICU, of course, my first question was, can I hold them? And they said, yep. So we were fortunate that they were stable enough that we could hold them the same day. The thing that was really hard about the NICU was the expectations I had. And I don't know if it's from pictures I've seen online or seen on TV, but I expected the moment of holding them to be very magical and when I held them individually, it was that, like, oh, my baby feeling. But the second day they were alive, they got I asked, can I hold them? When can I hold them at the same time? And the nurse was like, right now. Like, we're free. We can help you. And it was not magical at all. It was so stressful. I think Quinn, I can't remember, screamed the whole time. Kate was, like, yanking her cords, like, trying. I don't know what she was doing. So all the alarms were going off. And that was the hardest part of the NICU experience was for me was not having that moment like you're holding your babies together for the first time. And I don't think I even felt that experience or that feeling of, I don't know, euphoria or like happiness until maybe it was like a week and a half to two weeks that they were alive and they were not attached to everything the only thing that they were doing was trying to learn to feed so they were wrapped in blankets and snuggly and it wasn't quite as scary to hold them because the only things they were attached to were their heart rate monitor basically so that feeling of oh my babies you're holding them both for the first time was extraordinarily stressful and not magical at all like I was hoping it would be and just to know that someone else has gone through that this might not be what you picture it to be but it will come it just might be longer than you expected
0: I'm sure a lot of moms feel the exact same way (laughs) there's just so much going on for sure
1: yeah I was like okay take them off with me please
0: (laughs) How long did they end up spending in the NICU?
1: Kate was there for 21 days and Quinn was there for 23 days. And their NICU journey was just as it should be as 32-weekers. We had a heck of a pregnancy and we knew they were going to be in the NICU because we knew they were going to be born between 32 and 34 weeks. So that mental part was also kind of prepared for and all they needed to do was learn how to eat You know, each step of the way, they needed to breathe, they needed to maintain their own temperature, and they needed to learn to eat. And there's nothing scary in between. It was just, did they hit this milestone? Yes. Okay, move on and work on the next. So fortunately for us, I mean, it's never easy to have your kid in the hospital, but we were able to prepare for it mentally. And there was never any major issues. So that part of our journey was As easy as it could be.
0: It's good to hear. What was it like when you finally got to bring them home?
1: It was crazy. The hard thing was taking Kate home first and leaving Quinn. Kate was eating and Quinn wasn't eating at all. Kate was finishing all our feeds so we could take her home. And we just felt like, when is Quinn ever going to get home? And you just have that fear. But of course, like a second child, the first bottle Quinn had after Kate went home she finished it and she finished every bottle after that. She's like, my sister can't show me up. I got to go home too. So fortunately she was just there a day longer.
0: Do you feel like even though they're twins, baby B still seems like a middle child, even at this age? I know I haven't really studied birth order that much, but just things that our twins have done, it feels like Eddie, whose baby A is older, and does the older sibling act,s and baby B, Ollie, acts like a middle child. Do you feel that way too?
1: I've always been very interested in birth order, especially being a teacher and having had siblings come through. And I'm a younger sibling. I'm the youngest in my family of two. So it is, to me, just wild to watch when is definitely have more of the second or youngest child behaviors kind of attention seeking and Kate goes with the flow more she'll give in to Quinn (laughs) because Quinn will you know like want a toy and then Kate she'll scream and Kate will just be like okay fine a lot more relaxed than to watch them now and like taking steps Kate took the first steps but Quinn like mastered walking first (laughs) Kate said her first words but quinn started talking first she just always Mm -hmm. has to show up her sister
0: if you had someone else that was expecting momo twins and they were just in the beginning they just found out that they were going to have them what advice would you give
1: well like most doctors and everything medical do not look on google look on Facebook to join momo specific groups, mono, mono, momo. See other families who have gone through the hospitalization, gone through the NICU stay and to have that hope that, okay, 50 Google says 50% of children. But then I see on Facebook and I see all of these other statistics of families. Oh, it's our kids first day of kindergarten. Oh, my twins are three months old. It's their first Christmas. Just seeing milestones like that all through my pregnancy gave me a lot of hope. And one of the reasons to stay off Google is there's little research on Momo twins because it's, I think it's a one in 60,000 chance to have Momo twins. That it's just there's not enough research to say, oh, look at it now in the 2000s. It's not 50 percent. It's 80 percent or whatever. But people aren't researching it. So these statistics are from whenever you don't even know when they're from so staying off google which i didn't do (laughs) and finding a group that can give you hope and seeing so much positivity and the little bright faces just really brightens your day
0: advice what's your favorite part about being a twin mom
1: i turned to in june i feel like they are really becoming best friends being able to watch them together and Playing together and liking the same things or different things, but then they see like Quinn is really into dinosaurs and Kate likes them. but Kate will see the dinosaur and bring it over to her sister because she knows it'll make her happy. And then they'll say like, "Oh, so happy, sissy happy!" That is just amazing, and I just can't wait to continue to watch that blossom. They were both pretty sick in June with ear infection and pneumonia. And so we were back and forth from the doctor with just one kid and the other one was home and the kid at the doctor was saying, where's Sissy? Where's Sissy? And the kid at home is going to bed. No Sissy crib, just the things that they notice and they care so much about. It's just amazing to watch that develop, especially recently now that they are really aware of each other. And the other thing I just love is having friends with twins and someone that can really relate to what you're going through. My best friend from college has twin, identical twins as well, but they're a year younger than us. Just being able to talk to her a lot about what they're going through and kind of reminiscing and remembering, and also just knowing how different it is to be a twin mom than a uh, mom of a singleton saying today, oh, my friends asked me to go to the pool, but she's like, I can't. With one-year-olds and a four-year-old, it's just too hard to go alone. And then I was at a pool the other day, but I was telling the moms, was like, I'm going to need your help, even though they have their own, you know, if one of mine dashes the other way, but just being able to have someone to relate to all the time with that.
0: Anything else that you wanted to add?
1: Everything is a season. The anxiety of our pregnancy, that was a season. Staying in the hospital was just a season, you know, a 60 days. NICU, nursing, they, I was pumping and... I did it for six months, which that's my biggest regret of their first year is not stopping sooner because it was just literally sucking the life out of me. And I didn't because I just felt like I had to keep going. Then as soon as I stopped, that season was over and everything was better. The newborn stage when you feel like you're never going to sleep again (laughs) or the toddler phase where they scream at each other because they're fighting over the same book or I read the wrong book. You know, it's just a season and something else with the bad. It goes away, and then there'll be. There's always good in every season too. But it seems like to tell yourself that. But the challenging things is knowing. Okay, that's gonna be gone in a few, however, few weeks or months or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, it can feel like an eternity when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do they say? Like, it's not considered liquid gold if it c- if it costs you your sanity.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was just the one thing that, like, when I see people like asking about pumping or actually pumping, I'm like, it is okay to stop. I mean, it's great if it works for you and you're happy, keep going. But if it doesn't work for you, give yourself grace to stop.
0: Fed is best. I think a lot of moms will love hearing that. (laughs) I think it's really hard on a lot of people, even I I exclusively pumped with the twins too. And it was just, it was horrible. (laughs) I don't know any other words to describe it. I'm just,
1: yeah. And it was just, I just felt like I had to keep going. And then as soon as I made the decision at five months to stop at six, it felt like a weight was lifted. And then once I actually stopped, I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? And that's what i tell pumping moms i mean some Mm -hmm. people it's great and they
0: can
1: keep going and it's not costing them their sanity Mm -hmm. but some people it is costing them their sanity
0: yes thanks for listening to another great episode of a mom is born if you're interested in sharing your story we'd love to hear from you check out the link in the show notes for more information Remember, mama, you're the best mom for your babies. You're exactly who they need you to be.